This week's episode of the Cloudcast is brought to you by Intel Cloud for All, driving the creation of thousands of clouds. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from DockerCon here in Barcelona. First of all, a, a huge thanks to the Docker folks for having us here as a media sponsor for the show. Um, we just got out of the keynote, and uh, I have Elon Rabinovich, Technical Community and Evangelism at Datadog. How are you doing, man? Doing, doing well. Thanks for having us here. So let's, let's just kind of jump right in. Um, we just finished the keynotes. What's your, your thoughts on the keynote, on Docker, on the ecosystem? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's clear that uh, both, both Docker and the Docker community are seeing, seeing quite a bit of growth here. Uh, you know the the room was packed, of course, uh, and you know we got we got to see some of, we got to see some of the the numbers from the you know the Datadog uh, Docker adoption study uh, yes. uh, during the keynote, which I think uh, was exciting uh, for everybody there. Uh, I mean, it's growing like crazy. I, I think the other theme that uh, that I noticed uh, both during the keynote as well as wandering the expo floor is um, you know folks are folks are quite uh, focused on security this year. Uh, you know, we have CoreOS having released Claire earlier mm-hmm. this week. Um, the Docker folks ch- talking about uh, Nautilus and their integration with uh, you know Docker Hub and how uh, you know how they're now scanning containers for vulnerabilities as folks are pulling and pushing them. Yeah, and actually, uh, they, it was the one thing I find interesting about that is they. So you have to go check out Project Nautilus. They kind of soft launched it, if you will, and it was actually around there for like two months now. And yeah. they've actually scanned what I forget how many millions. Containers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, okay, that's and, actually really cool." And I think that's—I mean—that's something that we've we've all sort of, you know, at least on the, you know, on the op, on on the more operations and security focus side of of this of this DevOps conversation has always been, um, you know, containers are are great. I'm glad that they're simplifying my deployment patterns, but. You know, do, what, what do I do when I have now now have to patch Heartbleed across, you know, <laughs> across twenty different containers that make up my app stack? Right. Uh, how do I know where those are and what have you? And it seems, uh, it seems like there's an increasing number of tools now this year to do that. Uh, you know, the Bitnami the Bitnami folks are are, you know, have their own spin on it. Uh, the Core OS folks and, and and the Docker folks seem to be building scanners for containers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. They said they're at some point going to make that self-service. So I'm looking forward to seeing once you can run that on your own containers rather than just on the on the containers being pulled and pushed to Docker. Yep, yep, completely agree. I, and it's it's a fantastic first step, and really looking forward to the next logical step. But but they, and that does kind of lead us into. So there was a post that 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 Datadog dig did called eight surprising facts about real Docker adoption. And actually, some of the stats were, were used in the keynote today by Ben. That was that was really cool. Um, it's it's gotten a lot of attention, and, and we'll put a link to it in, in the show notes. Um, the reason why I think it got so much attention is, well, first of all, it was a secondary source because you know Docker can say you know millions of this and millions of that, and everyone kind of goes, oh, okay, great. Yeah. But <laughs> but but you guys are able to really pull it from from real customers that that you're monitoring. Yeah, I mean the, the so there's a couple interesting things about that data. I mean the. If I mean, it, folks are pointing pointing Datadog at this, and you know, Datadog for those that aren't aware is a um, is a hosted uh, infrastructure and application monitoring platform. Um, so that means you know this is not just hobbyists at home or, or or developers on their laptops running this, but rather 
um, you know, they've taken they're they're using they're 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 using Datadog as a as a paid service to monitor these containers. So a lot of those stats are, uh, you know, are from folks' production or or, or development environments in, in serious organizations. Um, yeah, and it's uh, I think a lot of the fa- a lot of the fact some of the facts there sort of were. Uh, were kind of what, some of them were what we expected, but a lot of them were were actually surprising. I mean, I, I know that I know the title sounds a little clickbaity, but that's no, yeah. Uh, but it, you know, there's some there's some serious meat there around. I mean, I, I was you know, when I think about technologies, newer technologies, whether they be Docker or uh, or something else that we might you know I might be reading on on a given day, my my initial assumption is is usually that it's smaller organizations or at least. Uh, younger organizations that are adopting it right away. Yep. Uh, and one of the facts there that was was quite surprising to me is it seemed like the larger organizations were the ones that were ad- you know were adopting Docker, uh, Docker most. And I, you know I, I guess I can come up with my own theories as to as as to why. But um, that was that, that that was that was quite exciting to me to see that we're you know I, I chat with folks here whether it's at DockerCon or other events and we're running into banks that are using Docker or running into you know organizations that are usually the last. Uh, the types of organizations right. that you know when they're the epitome of the word enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And and so the the idea of the larger larger enterprises or, or, or companies really are the early adopters was super surprising to me. And the other one was stickiness. Yeah. The the what was it like two thirds of of the companies that that try Docker end up adopting it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I found that really fascinating. I guess it probably goes to that, that, you know, again, why the larger companies, the larger companies in my mind, it's probably because they have the biggest problems. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you have a it's problems at scale, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, if you have a large, you know, whether, if you have a large organization, you likely have a ton of different applications and those applications have, uh, varying dependencies that make, you know, make the deployment of your application painful. Um, likely differing versions versions of libraries and, and tool sets and what have you, um, and so this this idea of the single binary, um, that's that's exactly what you know that's exactly what they need. And you look back at uh, you know to look at a different set of container technology going back to the J2E days in Java. I mean this is uh, this is kind of what the we we all claimed the the you know the the big ear was going to solve for us. Uh, you know. Uh, the the ears and wires were going to solve for us in our in our in our Java web apps, and it turns out that they didn't all that well. But it looks like uh, you know it looks like a new form of containers are going to jump in and do right. that for us. Yes, without a doubt, the 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 right once yeah, run the, anywhere run anywhere might actually happen, right? Um, so so let, let's actually move on then a little bit into to Docker itself and and. There's a series of posts that, that Datadog put up recently, um, and I'll, again, I'll put links to the show notes uh, in there. Um, because of the, it, it was really fa- fascinating to me, because I, I, I never really probably sat down and thought about it, but monitoring a quote-unquote container is actually difficult. Is that a correct... Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of this doesn't come down, is, isn't so much about it being a container, but rather about the the level of dynamicism that you see uh, you see in most container-based environments, um, they just they lend themselves. The, the fact that they're so easy to spin up and spin down uh, lend, means that they lend themselves to to environments that change quite frequently. Uh, and you know, going back to the study we were talking about earlier, we were seeing that uh, you know, on, on average, folks are running about four to you know four to six containers on any given on any given host, and that those containers, uh, each of those containers, lives about a quarter of the lifetime of a given host. So. Um, a lot of the challenges that you might have run into in the cloud, if you were using the cloud in all of its elasticity, 
with auto scaling or what have you are now you know you're now you're now exacerbating it by four to sixteen times um, the number of you know the number of the number of pieces that are changing on any given at any given moment um, and so that's that's where a lot of the monitoring challenge comes from um, you know a lot of folks as they moved into the cloud sort of uh, you know some organizations went and adopted it you know all the way. They, they went for the auto-scaling, they went for the service discovery and microservices and all, all the exciting things that make, you know, that, that, that made, made the cloud be something that one wanted to sell. But you also had a lot of organizations that just said, ah, I don't need a data center anymore, I don't need to worry about metal, let me just pick up my legacy monolithic, you know, uh, app and drop it exactly as it was into the cloud. And so for those organizations, um, the monitoring challenges of the cloud maybe didn't hit them right away. There was, um, there was a way to make uh, make your static environment mostly play nice in the cloud environment. Um, as we start to work with containers and just the, the, the and the lifetimes of them being so much shorter than VMs um, or, or or servers, uh, what we're finding is that that level of change is what is really the challenging part of um, of, of monitoring containers. Yeah. I mean, there's there's the technical bits of how do you get the stats out of the Docker container rather than the stats of the host that you're of, of the of the top level host, uh, but I. I think that pales in comparison to trying to monitor a uh, try, trying to monitor the container landscape in your organization with the tools that you might have used to monitor servers. Um, you know, the analogy we like to use is uh, you know if you look at the Ptolemaic sort of model of the universe versus the the Copernicus model of the universe. universe I, I realize that might be a little esoteric here, but you see these if you look at those images and you'll see those in some of these posts that we that we put up on monitoring. You see all these really crazy squiggly lines as we try to make the world revolve around the, the universe revolve around Earth. Or the solar system specifically. Yes, yes. Whereas all of a sudden, you, you, you we, 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 if we change that model around a little bit, and we have the the Earth and all other planets rotate around the sun, all of a sudden there are these very clear lines, and it's a very similar analogy to uh, the monitor, you know, the monitoring problem around containers. Uh, if we try to take host level monitoring, you know, whether it be Nagios, and, and I, I love Nagios, it's something I ran for many decades and built many tools on top of. But um, you try to take those tools and you point them at at an environment where things are constantly changing. They're looking at the host rather than looking at um, looking at the looking at the service or the application. Right. Yeah, and as part of that post, it actually had this almost like twilight zone area of okay, we used to monitor the host yep. and we used to monitor the applications, but there's that. Piece in the middle. Piece in the middle now that it's like, all right, we have to go figure out how to go do this. Now. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of that comes down to just changing the way we monitor things. So rather than worrying about individual servers and say, you know, let's monitor server A and we'll treat it like a, this, this, um, this, you know, this special, uh, this special, the special thing that we have affinity toward, towards or, or care for. And I mean, I know they've had sort of this pets versus cattle analogy for many years in large deployments or infrastructure, uh, but it's, it's that much more in this level where thing, in, this, in this world where things are changing all of the time. Um, you know, rather than doing that, we ask ourselves not how is Apache or how is Nginx running on this particular host or is port 80 open, but rather turn it into broader questions where we use the tags that are coming out of our, our uh, infrastructure as a service providers like EC2 or, or Azure or GCE and out of our containers themselves, you know, our containers with Docker or even our schedulers with things like uh, Kubernetes or Mesos and start to use those to craft questions. So we say, rather than asking about individual hosts, we might say, how, you know, how many errors is our web app returning in US East 1 running version 2 of the application? Mm-hmm. And you yep. come back, uh, you come up with these queries that, um, these questions that don't change based on how many containers or how many hosts you're running on a given day, but rather, um, you know, they're, these are business metrics that are important to you and you want, they will, they will always ring true regardless of how, how far you scale up or down on any point in time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So um, one final question, uh, just because I'm, I'm curious about this one. So 
another stat going back to the eight surprising facts. Um, the the number of containers per host of being a four to one ratio. I actually thought it was going to be higher. Yeah. What's uh, your thoughts on that one? Why I mean, why isn't that number higher? So there it. it it was higher in some cases. I mean, this, that just happened to be the, the average. But mm-hmm. if you look at organizations where they were using it for, um, you know, for, for build farms or organizations where they were using it as part of uh, some, some, some sort of a pipeline, mm-hmm. the containers were, were spinning up and down much more frequently and there were many more of them running at a given time. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's, it, I, I, that was one that was surprising to me as well. And I don't, I don't know that I have all the, all the data on it just yet. I mean, these are... Um, th- these are these are numbers we're continuing to investigate and dive into and, and, and speak with <laughs> sure. our customers about, as well as you know, speak with folks here at, at DockerCon on. And I'm no. uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, to see, you know to, to seeing the next the next round of data. Yeah, and, and me personally, I just I, I, in my head, I, I immediately wonder: is that a just a comfort level thing because it's you know still yeah. emerging technology and everyone's still trying to figure out if how how hard they really want to push it? Yeah, um, I think. Uh, you know, th- th- there's probably a bit of that. I think a lot of folks are still figuring out how to manage their containers. I mean, we saw, uh, you know, we saw Swarm reaching new, interesting, new, new and interesting heights of scale today during the keynote. They were running a, you know, well over 50,000 nodes, uh, sorry, 50,000 containers uh, yep. across their cluster. Uh, you know, we're seeing, you know, KubeCon, uh, at KubeCon earlier this week, they, re- they, they released Kubernetes 1.1. Um, you know, there's there's lots of these tools around there to, that are coming out now to make the management of containers easier, um, not just the security bits they were talking earlier, but rather the the managing the the managing of the resources behind it and, and scheduling uh, you know scheduling where those containers end up. Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting as those evolve. How many more you know if that changes the the density or um, or and how people sure. how people interact with containers. Yeah, that's fantastic. So. We're out of time. Um, Elon, where can everyone find out more about you or Datadog or what you guys have going on? Sure. So, uh, so Datadog, uh, check out our, 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 our website or our blog, datadoghq.com. Uh, so we have the, the Docker adoption study up there as well as uh, a four-part piece on how to monitor, uh, monitor Docker and containers in general. Uh, you can find me on 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 Twitter, uh, I Rabinovich, and I'm, I imagine that'll end up in the show notes it will. somewhere. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, looking uh, looking forward to seeing you guys here either at DockerCon or uh, or or elsewhere and chatting more about containers and monitoring in general. Awesome, fantastic. Well, thank you for your time, and thanks everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 